Jay, quick question before we start. Describe your sense of humor in one word. Oh, I have a multiple multitude of different kinds of laughs when it comes to just how I am. Depends on the time. Got trigger happy with that, Andy. I hope I didn't cut off your answer. But by the way, that was not one word. But no. <laughs> we'll take it. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Pretty good for those out there listening. Let me get, I'm still new at this, guys. So let me get to the comment section right here. If you are watching on the live show, hopefully it is. Let me check my phone. Are we live already? Yeah, I already. Yeah, I shared it already. We're good. All right, we're good. So welcome to the the real life on the Basket and Beers podcast. If you're watching on the live, welcome. Thank you for joining us, whether it's Facebook or YouTube. Leave a comment. Let us know where you're listening from. If you don't mind, share it. doesn't cost you any to share it. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, which will start airing this Monday, um, feel free to give us your five-star reviews on either your, uh, you know, on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast platform that you use. If it has a rating service, go ahead and give us your five-star reviews. Leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Today, I got Jake Stem from Jake Stem Fishing from the great Northeast. What area? Pennsylvania? Yeah, Poconos of Pennsylvania. Yep. Poconos. You know, growing up, Poconos was a big deal. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If, I can't remember. It was like the cable TV generation of mine. But I remember Poconos was like, you know, this, I don't know if you call it exotic destination, but like yeah, where everybody a, wanted to a, go for honeymoons and weekend getaways and romantic getaways is that true yeah it's a high vacation i mean i wouldn't say as much anymore but like i know like the show friends used to talk about it on there like poconos poconos i don't know it's just a big you know vacation i don't think it's as touristy as it was depends on the day but um yeah you know it's a nice area yeah i got but that's why i say kind of cable tv generation of mine well back in the 80s it became the for whatever reason. And I'm from Puerto Rico. And I remember the Poconos. Like, everybody saying, oh, we got to go to the Poconos. So, yeah. Is that cl north, cl close to Hershey, Pennsylvania? No. Um, I'm like, so it's probably like, it's closer to the Jersey border. So I grew up maybe like 45 minutes from Jersey border. But middle of the state. Um, I grew up like 15 minutes from the Pocono Raceway. So NASCAR every every year has a race up there. And you don't leave your house. Because, you know, the traffic's going to be horrible. But, um no, it's more, I'd say it's more eastern part of the state, center and east and eastern. So nice. So you do live in the Pocono area. That's awesome, man. What is, uh, do you fish the Susquehanna much? So actually, um, I just started fishing it last year in the Susquehanna. Really? Um, I grew up a lot of, uh, fishing a lot of lakes up in the Poconos. There are a lot of just shallow, less than 10 foot choked of grass type lakes. There's a couple bigger lakes where you can run a, a big motor, but mainly it's all just like good kayak lakes, electric only lakes. So um, last year I actually went out and started fishing the Susky cause I knew I wanted to fish the BOS last season and, uh, fished it like three. I think when I fished the Hobie was like my fourth time fishing it. And I, I'm definitely a lake fisherman. I learned, I grew up trout fishing the the creeks and stuff around me. So I got the, the aspect of fishing for smallies in the river, but I just didn't have enough experience. I honestly, you know, I did terrible day one. I had a limit of like 60 inches. I saw Nolan minor. So I got to talk to Nolan um later in the morning i saw him but um 
yeah, after day one, there was a guy that did pretty decent by me. I was like, you can have the area. Like I just let it for the other anglers and just didn't fish day two. I was like, I have no chance. I did catch my first muskie on a pop bar, like a 40 incher. That was cool. But uh, yeah, that's my experience with Susky. I definitely want to fish it a bit more this year. I know bass is coming here in October, a little bit farther north, but I definitely going to fish it some more. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to go to the Susky. By the way, uh, I think the mayor of Susquehanna River, do you know him, Jake Harshman? Yeah, yeah, I know Jake. Do you like him? Like, I know Jake. I love Jake. Jake's my dude. Jake's my guy. But I know not everybody likes him going by what he said. You like Jake? I've never talked to him. I'm not offended by him. I've never talked to him, so I have nothing against Jake. I just, he's smart, like, how he'll put out his YouTube videos, like, all summer long about the Susky and, like, no, like, everyone's going to watch it because they were going there every year. So, he was smart. I mean, yeah, I never I never talked to him, though, but he seems cool, and uh, he catches a ton of giant smallies there, too. Yeah, but shout out to Jake Harshman, my guy over there. If somebody, people from Pennsylvania don't like him, I've heard. So, that's fine. You can have your opinion on him as well. <laughs> I don't live next to Jake, so I only get to see him like, yeah, like one hour, hour a, a year every time he's on my podcast. So Yeah, I'm like an hour and a half from uh, the Susky. An hour and yeah. a half. Man, I still make that drive. I would love to fish the Susky one day. Yeah. So hopefully. Have your uh, kill guards, though, because that thing, when you fish in the summer, you oh, bust yeah. your kayak. It's it's bad. Well, I'm going to get Jake's uh, one of his small kayaks i'm not taking my pee i'm I'm flying over there i'm not driving yeah yeah yeah. that's yeah. smart smart way to do it borrow his kayak yeah borrow his kayak i tore that thing up and he can send me the bill but i see okay so let's shout out here to the people that have uh commented eugenio ramirez what's up slayers from slay nation thank you for commenting eugenio and kyle living house coach also wait a minute you're a coach too yeah, yeah, that's uh, he's actually the president of the um, Kutztown University bass team that I started years ago. He's the current president, and I'm helping out coach them this season and get those kids out in the water fishing tournaments. My guy, Jason. Jason, you got to let me know how it went on your lake, buddy. Message me. I, you didn't post any pictures, so I'm assuming it's not good news, but uh, <laughs> Jason Campbell has a really nice honey hole over there it, up where he is, so uh, shout out to Jason. Um, Henry Ramiro says New York PA gonna be a battle. You guys do a little bit of rivalry, right? Where you, uh, yeah, we're having the civil PA war. Is... Um, nice. so last year was the first civil war we did. I was directing PA last year, and then Justin Query directs New York, and we did PA versus New York. So it was, you know, a normal tournament, everyone for themselves and the paychecks, you know, all that. But then at the end, we totaled the five best anglers from PA and five best from New York and saw which state took home the civil war. And we had plaques for all the five winning guys. And uh, it was a really good time. We had 50 anglers and we're doing it again um, this year on Cayuga again. Um, I think next year we're going to bring them down to Susky, but we wanted to go back up to Cayuga because that's pretty much, I almost call it a home lake. I love that lake. So um, we're going up there and I'm expecting 60, 70 guys up there to fish that. It's going to be uh, it's crazy time of year. Those fish, I mean, I almost can't compare them to anything else. Maybe a St. Lawrence smallmouth, but those largemouth that time of year, you would honestly get a better length if you went round than uh, long because of how fat they are that time of year. It's it's absolutely insane. I've heard a lot about uh, Cayuga Lake. Um, I know, I think Bailey Eichberg won a tournament yeah. there. Well, he's that's his home lake. The New York, yeah. And I know Josh Smith from Darkwater's podcast, uh, no longer there, but uh, I mean. Let me clarify, Josh Smith is still with us. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah. podcast is no longer. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
they I, they both won tournament there. They all rave about it to Yuga League. So that's I think I'm gonna put that on my bucket list. It, it honestly and it, it kind of fishes small depending on the time of year you go. Um, it kind of fishes small because once you get down lake and stuff, it gets super deep. There's lake trout in there. Like realistically, you only have like the deeper grass lines that go out from the docks and then up to the docks. Like there's not too much, you know, you can't really go out in the middle. Once you get northern, like up to the north end, it, it stays pretty shallow. But when you look at it, it's 40 miles long and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a giant lake. But realistically, like it doesn't fish that uh, that big. I mean, it's big, but you know what I'm saying? It, it definitely doesn't look, uh, doesn't fish as big as it looks. Let me ask you this. You you mentioned um, Kyle Livinghouse mentioning your coach. You mentioned, talk to me a little bit about how you got into coaching. Cause I thought that was a really interesting story. And we're talking about in the pre-recording, how did yeah. you, you know, became a coach? Yeah, for sure. So um, let's start back, I guess, from the very beginning um, about, I don't even know, six, seven years ago. Now it's going on. Um, I was attending Kutztown university and I, I was helping in a summer camp um, that taught all about bass for like a week. And uh, there was a guy there who ran an organization. And by the end of the week, he said, Hey, do you want to come fish Mike Iconelli's Pro-Am? And it was the first year Mike did his Pro-Am on the Delaware River there, right in New Jersey, right across from Philly. So I got invited to go fish. I got to fish with Cliff Crochet, Cajun Baby, the pro. And um, so I got to fish that. And uh, I didn't know how to throw a bait caster. I didn't. I was throwing like two-piece spinning rods. My experience was, you know, casual bass fisherman, you could say. Um, grew up trout fishing and stuff. So after that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and start a team. So I guess that was sophomore year. I went back and, you know, tried telling them that, you know, kids get full rides down South. They look at you like they have three heads. Like they're like, what are you talking about? So lo and behold, got the bass team going. I was, you know, co-founder of that. And then um, I'd say about a year and a half, two years ago, um, I ended up meeting Kyle who, um was on the board of the club he was the treasury or secretary and then just recently he became president so i've been hanging out with him fishing and um yeah so i decided to help out and see if they wanted to coach and now i'm coach for them for this season so just helping getting all those kids into tournaments whether it's local jumbo tournaments or kayak tournaments just you know people that are competitive that know like you know that just tournament aspect is so much fun and i've been fishing tournaments for like i said six seasons now so just want to help out and get more kids into that tournament scene. Now you've also become a tournament director for a new program that, by the way, uh, shout out to Frankie. Woo. Frone. Woo. Frankie. I can't guy, do Frankie. Love having Frankie on the podcast. Great energy. So yeah. you, you're now a tournament director for something that just kind of like started this season up in, in the Northeast. And that is similar to what Hobie is doing with the college series. Looks like Slay Nation is coming up with their own version of a college series. Tell me about that. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, Slay Nation's coming out with their college kayak series this season. Last season, I directed the PA kayak series for the state, and I, I got with Frankie, and I saw Hobie kind of did a soft opening with their college. And uh, I said, Frankie, we got to get in this college industry. You know, I fished co collegiate bass boat events when I was there, but, you know, the cost of a boat, entering the tournaments, traveling, it's just so much money. And everyone knows that your return on an investment when it comes to a kayak is just, you know, a lot cheaper. So I said, you know what, we need to do this in a college event for just college kids. So 
I said, you know what, let's figure it out. So I pretty much kind of based it off of uh, FLW's bass boat circuit when I fished, which was like three single day events and then a championship. Nothing too crazy, but enough for these kids to get fishing. So I said, I want, you know, I don't want to worry about a kid that, you know, doesn't have a fishing team at their college. It's great if they do, but if not, it's no big deal. So it's going to be any kid through the ages 17 to 22. By the way, you'll be able to find all the information on SlayNationTournamentFishing.com under the collegiate kayak tab. But um, so it's any kid 17 through 22 that goes to college. It could be a community college. It could be a trade school. Like I said, you don't have to have a team. As long as you can provide that you're an active college kid, you can come fish. And uh, unfortunately, with me being in PA, I couldn't go all over. I know Hobie's running their college series, kind of like Tennessee area, kind of centralized in the country. And uh, I talked to them and I didn't want to conflict with them either because I want the college kids to be able to grow. I know Ewing Miner fished some of the Hobies and hopefully he's coming to Smith Mountain. I talked to their coach. So they're going to see if they can get some of their kids from that team to come over. But um, so, yeah, we're doing uh, it's going to be a free membership, too, for these college kids. Um, you'll still get all the discount codes as a Slay Nation member, which is like 40, 50 companies, bunch of great discounts. Um, and then it'll just be um, a turn, uh, tournament entry fee. So we're going to do 115, which 15 goes to fees, tourney X, PayPal, all that stuff. And then it's going to be, you know, catch boards only, um, but it's going to be $90 to the pot and then 10 for big bass. So right now, um, we're finalizing the whole, uh, payout scale, which will be on the website here very shortly, but you know, 20 kids first place is thousand dollars, you know, plus yeah. 200 for big bass. So you could walk away for 1200 bucks with out of a kayak, which is awesome. So, um, kayak, there's no major rules, 10 to 14 foot. You know, we want kids to be safe. Um, we're allowing motors. I know Hobie doesn't allow, but we're allowing one motor, um, on the event and it's pretty much, you know, your basic kayak tournament. So, um, Coming up in like three weeks, as Kyle saw, uh, said in the comments, we're at Smith Mountain Lake. So April 15th is going to be our first event on Smith Mountain Lake. Talking to a local tackle shop there. We're going to have our little check-in Friday night and our ceremony there. They're super cool. They're letting us kind of um, host it right there at the tackle shop. And then uh, end of May, once these kids get out of school, we're going to Cayuga Lake, which we already talked about. Cayuga end of yeah. May is absolutely fire, insane fishery. And then right now we're shooting for beginning of July, July 8th. We're going to be on the Susquehanna River in PA. I will have a backup lake in case of flooding or some crazy conditions, but usually it's pretty low by that time of year. But pretty much going to copy the Hobie boundaries. So there's plenty miles and miles of river for these kids to, to uh, stretch out upon. And then we're going to do a championship. So as long as you fish two events, two out of the three, you qualify for our single day championship, which is going to be August 12th on Champlain. And we're going to do the north end because I fish. I personally fish Champlain that time of year, the southern end, and it's a lot tougher. So I want to go northern end, chase those smallies, and um, it's going to be absolutely awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to get these kids out competing against just college kids. I mean, you see like Ewing Minor, he can handle himself easily in these Hobies, yeah. but – I definitely want some kids and we already had a kid sign up that is attending a college in like Maryland, but doesn't have a team. So that's perfect. That's what we wanted. We wanted to get the word out and say, Hey, you know, you don't, I know it's great. If you have a team, you can send four guys pile up in a truck and come down. Um, I know cause town has sent like four anglers as well, but you know, if you're just attending a community college and you're in the region of, you know, any of where the lakes are, you don't have to fish all of them. If you're just in that region and want to come out and fish against kids your age and compete for some big money that's pretty much what i wanted to do for him yeah that's awesome and like when you mentioned you know it gets kids into 
um, outdoors, which I think it's always important. You know, that's that's the main goal, help out kids. Um, but it also helps out the, you know, future generations of kayak fishermen. You know, uh, back, I'm sure, when bass boat tournaments uh, were founded and Bass Nation, you know, and Bassmaster were founded, I'm sure a lot of people were like, what is this, you know? And yeah. look how big it is now. Uh, yeah. I'm sure kayak fish is not going to substitute March, March Madness in college, yeah. but it has, you know, groomed to grow and be an outlet for kids. Maybe at some point the tuition and, you know, uh, uh, can, you know, it can be, you know, scholarships may come into play and all yeah. that. You never know. What is, what is the, you expecting this season to accomplish and moving forward? What's the, basically what's the short-term and long-term plan for this series? So short-term is definitely growing, get the word out there. Um, I sent an email out to 50 colleges in the Northeast that competed in Bassmaster or FLW college series in the last three years. Um, I got as many contacts as I could. Um, but um, definitely I got, I got a reply from a guy that runs the college and high school anglers for the New York state um, FLW, like um, TBF kind of circuit, but he runs the college and uh, junior. So we talked and uh, just, you know, growing it more like realistically, I'd love to have, 25 50 kids at these events especially towards the end of the season but again we're brand new i get getting word out is tough and that's why you know i'm talking to armando and want to spread the word but you know just get the word out there by next season i'd love to have this you know if we have 50 75 kids fishing these they could fish for a lot of money and i think that'd be just great to get these kids experience where you know it's at that level of you know uh, a hobie you want to say or maybe not quite a hobie because they have two, 200 250 but you know a bigger style tournament where you know and the kids that fish the ba bass boat world the you know the college size when i fished it was like 80 depending on where you go you're having 80 or 150 boats but you know with covid and everything else a lot of clubs definitely had a hurting and it's just tough to you know like i said it's tough to Come up with the money, that money to do all that. And now, now you can do, okay, you can probably rent a van from your school or rent a trailer and haul four or five of you in one vehicle down and just stay in Airbnb or whatever and crash no and, fish and compete for a lot less money and have your return on investment a lot higher. So no. we have awesome sponsors. We're going to be giving away uh, not only the paychecks, we're having 10 gift bags, uh, 10 gift bags each tournament. We're having people like Spro, Yozuri, um, let's see, Harmony, a bunch of sponsors that sponsor Slay Nation and me personally that are helping out. And, you know, Z Pro Batteries, they're giving away a battery every event. And we're going to have a huge prize for AOY at the end of the season. So, you know, we just want to have that big tournament aspect, but at a college level just for those college kids. Yeah, it still feels something like grassroots and familiar and fun. You know, it's not... Yeah not too serious not to you know not high stakes high payouts high cost yeah. like uh kyle just mentioned it's kind of like it's it's more cost effective more fun yeah you don't have to worry about maintenance you don't have to worry about the insurance as much of course you, there's still some some yeah as it grows it insurance come to come into play because there's always the risk of drowning and stuff like that but not as much like if it was on a bass boat with you know equipment insurance and so yeah. on and so forth. So okay. it seems like a great outlet and hopefully it'll work out uh, just not just for you, but for the kids and for Slay Nation. I know Frankie is big on building communities and building longstanding relationships. And 
building things that are sustainable. And we've seen it with Slay Nation and a huge shout out to Frankie, who I know, you know, doesn't have maybe the backing that AJ has with Hobie or Steve Owen has with Bassmaster, but he's pushed on and kind of like the little engine that could kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> so he's an awesome dude and he's got us places where, yeah. I mean, I can't believe it. it's year five this year and we're in, well, I don't even know how many states, a ton of states, literally majority of the states. So it's absolutely awesome. And, you know, you know, who knows if this does really well in the Northeast, I'd love to travel and be able to do it. You know, I don't want to conflict with Hobie. Like I said, they're centralized, but I'd love to maybe work with them or something and maybe, you know, have a championship where all the college events in the, you know, region or in the country go to have like a championship or something along those lines. You know, I definitely want to get these kids having that experience level and get that experience to maybe, you know, okay, I fish this. Well, now I want to try Hobie's. Now I don't feel so, you know, yeah. nervous because, you know, Hobie's a big thing. Like it's 200 anglers especially, you know, your PKAs, you know, these people that fish travel these, they're, they're no joke. And um, to have something where you can kind of start, you know, it's a little bit above your grassroots, I'd say, but it's still familiar like that too. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, Hobie started with their tournaments up in, uh, uh, for you downing in Kentucky, um, Kentucky Lake. And now you see Bassmaster has their own, we just saw it, Bassmaster kayak, uh, championship just went on ended today um, we'll have to wait till tomorrow to see the winners but it's something that you know it's going to keep growing I, yeah. I feel like it's just a matter of time before FLW or MLF I'm sorry um, comes out with their own kayak series you know yeah, if they see that Bassmaster or Bass Nation is having success with this they're going to jump in on that one bandwidth I'm sure they're just waiting in the wings to see if this is something that can be productive yeah. And with uh, Steve Owens now at the helm of Bassmaster Kayak Series, we've seen, we're seeing the fruits of just having somebody that is knows what he's doing, yeah. and how it is just overnight. You know, Bassmaster was kind of like a running joke when last season with all the stuff that happened from the beginning to the end of the season, not just uh, not just the end of the season, but throughout the season. Um, and now we've seen it what it is today in the huge, yeah. I mean, huge the effect. Obviously, Steve was, Owens and Steve Owens convincing upper management to back him on what yeah. he's trying to do. So, and their first uh, open event was what 235. So, yeah, 235, man. And that was just the first open. We'll see how it goes. Like a lot yeah. of people kind of drop off after they realize yeah. they don't but have still, a chance. It's a great the start to the season. And, yeah, no, know, it's like has backing. Their best start was 194, I think, on. Lake Fork, I think three years ago, and for them to you know go through what they did and now jump back up to 235, or you know, not back up, Joe, per, personal best for them, 235 yeah. is amazing. I like that. I saw that the angler of the year, Drew Gregory, was invited to the I'm not familiar with basketball tournaments, so I excuse my ignorance when it comes to calling the terms and the titles and, and the events, what they're really named after. But I think it's like the night of champions yep. or the night of the elite, something like that. It was night of the champions, uh, night of the champions Drew Gregory, yep. uh, who won AOI last year. Congratulations as always to Drew and uh, Eric Siddiqui, who all won last year's Bassmaster Kayak Series championship, which I finally got to a point where I'm not calling it the classic like I used to do. So that's, it's, it's, it's like baby steps, people. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So Night of Champions, there you go. So that's big, man. First ever to see, first time ever, the kayak guys, you know, 
like I mentioned, Drew Gregory and Eric Siddiqui get to, you know, be on the same stage yeah. and the same venue with the elites. That is awesome. So I also saw, I don't know if it was Mark Zona, someone in the industry posted, they actually invited the junior national championships for like the high That's school awesome. division for Bassmaster. They were there. So like, you know, a couple 12 year old kids were at that too with all the pros. I mean, I can only imagine their minds were just absolutely blown. That's awesome that Bass did that for not only the kayak industry, but even the, the younger generation as well. Yeah, it seems like Bassmaster kind of went through a little bit of a, a, of a spell there when things weren't being run properly. But I think with Chris, Chris Bosch, both. Mm-hmm. I, th- uh, I don't know. Possible. <laughs> anyways, but anyways, I apologize for, I know one of us wrong. But, um, you know, it seems to be on the right track now. It seems to be growing. It seems to be getting on the right track. And it's, that's great. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, we want as much as last year, I know me and other podcasts and content creators and social media were heavy on calling out a few things at Bassmaster, Bassmaster Kayak Series. Let, not, let's not confuse. It's not that we want them to fail. All the contrary, we want them to have success. Yeah, We want them to fix the issues that needed to be talked about and fixed. And did, so far, they've done so. And it all came from doing the what they needed to do is just one decision. Put somebody that knows what they're doing at the behind the wheel, and the rest will fall in place. And Steve Owens has certainly lived up to that uh, billing. Um, did you get to watch a little bit of the of the standings of the Bass uh, of the Bassmaster Kayak Championship? I was, I was seeing see. some guys uh, posting screenshots. I didn't pay attention too much, but uh, I did see some day one results, and I was I was yeah. like, holy crap! That was a uh, that was a heck of a bag for the like the top three guys. They had. You know, Ryan was leading with 98, and then I think nice. second and third was like 93 or 95. So those are some big bags. So spoiler alert, and I mean, if you don't follow Kayak Bass Nation, uh, unless Ryan is trolling all of us and he's not one to sandbag, looks like he got skunk on day two, which I feel so bad for Ryan because, I mean, I've, I'm not, nowhere near the talent level of this guy's and and – that includes Ryan Lambert. The closest I've got to, I guess, coming to feel like what I'm assuming he's feeling right now, and I don't want to project that on him. He could be feeling completely different about it. Um, but I remember last year, Lake Dardanelle, I was second place going into day two. And day two, I was one bass short of getting a limit. And that replays on my mind almost every day after that like what could have done different what could have done different i can't imagine for somebody that made it to the championship the bassmaster kayak championship which i think within the next two or three years it's going to be the pinnacle of titles right now i still think the toc because more than doubles the payout that uh for the first place whether that Bassmaster Kayak Series. So if you're paying $45,000 to first place on TLC, and I think it's twenty or 25000 Bassmaster, I still have to say that TLC is the is the cream of the crop, right? Until yeah. they match oh, yeah. that. I know Bassmaster has the uh, media side of it covered, but yeah, still, they're getting that, that payout, they're getting there. But I think in two or three years, you'll see the Bassmaster Kayak Series, the championship being like the most prized trophy for most anglers. But that's Neither here and there. But going back to Ryan Lambert, I mean, it it must be just heart-wrenching. That feeling, I mean, to me, it was a feeling of like I, me personally, it was a feeling of like I I choked 
Like I didn't perform. Like it, um, the chances for me to win or at least qualify to the TLC or finishing the top three were there. Like I was second place going into day one. Like I, yeah. and not to be able to duplicate that, it just keeps. I don't know. I mean, the mindset is huge on that. Like I know Ryan posted and said, you know, he sat on this big fish spot and you know, this is what he said in his post is that he sat on this big fish spot and they just didn't show. And like, you know, people can be like, Oh, why didn't you just leave? Like, yeah. um, yeah. But like when you're in that mindset, you're leading day one of like one of the, one of the two biggest events in the industry. Like, and you call it that big of a bag. Like, of course you're going to stay there because you're going to go, Oh, I'll try this bait or Oh, 10 more minutes, they're going to start biting. 10 more minutes. And then at the end of the day, you're like, well, they didn't show up. But, you know, he stuck with it. I mean, I give that guy a lot of credit. I mean, you know, and he did his best. And sometimes it's your time and sometimes it's not your time. It's just when it comes down to it. Like they say that, like when you win an event, you know, it's your time. You can't do anything wrong. And there's definitely times where, I mean, I've experienced it personally. And you just like, you're like, okay, I should have lost that fish or I shouldn't have caught a fish there. And it just, it just happens 100%. Yeah, it is. Um, and again, uh, I, I, I can't help but feel bad about him, uh, about it. Um, and you know, then again, Brian Lambert's a great angler. He's won the TLC, yeah. so it's he's he's definitely not a failure. He's had found much success in what he's done. But yet, you know, you kind of your heart goes out to watching whether it's Ryan Lambert or anything, watching go from 98 inches, which completely blew away the expectations of that. I don't think, realistically, I don't think anybody was thinking, okay, somebody is going to crack 100 in Pickwick. Yeah. It's it just, it's it's not a lake that's prone to produce that. Not to say that you can't, but it's not, you know, that's not the history of the lake. The history of the yeah. lake was somewhere in the mid-90s, and he got 98, which is amazing considering um the lake he was fishing so yeah it it, it kind of sucked it's one thing when you go to day two you catch a limit but your limit is not big enough to win the yeah. tournament it's another thing to get skunk and and again we like you said he mentioned on the pod and on not a podcast on his on kbn he posted it like it's like you know he said on his spot i who am i to criticize his decision like yeah we don't know like you once you're there you know, you, you go with your gut and you try to figure out, you try not to second guess yourself. So hindsight is always 2020, especially when we're playing like armchair kayak angler, you know, Monday night quarterback, you know, Monday morning quarterback where we just yeah. dissect, Oh, he should have done this. You know, when you're there, you're there. And sometimes your decisions pays off. Sometimes they don't. And that's the way they're kind of like the, I know it sounds cliche, but the, the way the cookie combos, but huge congratulations to whoever's going to win it. 100%. Let me ask you this, Jake. Who do you think is going to end up winning it? I mean, somebody already won it. We don't Honestly, just don't know who it is. First off, bad on my part. I didn't see really what the names were in the top 10, but I honestly don't know if I could pick a name just because of, you know, you see Ryan's post, then you see Drew Gregory posted that he only had four yep. out of five, apparently. Like, with, you know, a lot of people saying the the lake fish tough. Honestly, I think it's anyone's game. You could see someone from 15th or 20th come up with maybe they they caught 98 and they and they sacked him day two. Like I honestly I think it's anyone's game in the top, you know, 10, 20 region going into tomorrow. I, I don't I don't even know if I can pick a name. Yeah, no, it's gonna be tough. I, I was surprised. I thought for a moment Duke Gregory was gonna win it. And we were talking about this in the pre-recording. A lot of times people would get stuck on like, you know, on the top. Okay, this guy has 168 inches and three quarters, the other guy has 160 and a quarter. But 
you may be forgetting that guy that's in 10th, 15th place uh, that has one fish, is missing one fish to go to a limit. If that fish happens to be a 15-incher, he catapults all the way to the top. <clears throat> so it's, I was watching, and I like to watch the standing. I like to watch what's the biggest bag for four fishes, um, yeah. for somebody that's caught four fishes, for in this case, nine fish. And the biggest, I think the biggest bag, for nine fish before uh, lines out was uh, Drew Gregory. So I figured, man, Drew Gregory, I think he needed like a 20 inch or something like that yeah, to get to first place, which is doable. Yeah, I mean, there was plenty of 20 inches caught, uh, but maybe not a 20 inch or maybe a two, what is it? Two sixteens or would have gotten him there, yeah. you know, 12 and an 18, something like that. You know, it, it is, he was one fish, short of going from not getting to a top 10 to winning it. And for a moment, there's this like, Duke Gregory might just win it. And because I know he still, you know, he fishes some areas that are um, uh, more upriver and all that. Maybe he doesn't have signal. Maybe he already has his back. So I, I was, I was surprised that he didn't make the top 10. I was surprised he didn't catch his 10 fish, but again, even, you know, even you might be, one of the best anglers, just like Drew Gregory is definitely one of the top anglers, kayak anglers out there. Um, and just, it's not just your day, you know, your, your decisions don't come into fruition like it, they usually do. Um, I think I'd be interested to see if Brian Nelly, I think he wanted, I don't know why I got the sense that he wanted, um, which kind of breaks my heart. And I don't know Brian Nelly. I'm sure he's a great guy. I watched the interview on KBN when he won the 50. And listen, anybody that comes into the sport, we just welcome with open arms. And we wish him the best of luck and best of success. But there is one thing as a kayak angler uh, that fishes for bass. To see somebody from, uh, like Brian mentioned, like he does mostly saltwater fishing. And he kind of got bored of it. My words, not his word, but something along those lines. That he wanted a new challenge and started fishing for fishing for bass. He qualifies for the TOC. He wins the TOC. Qualifies for the Bassmaster Classic. I don't know if he's going to win it or not, or I don't know if he won it or not. Again, the results are already in. It's just we don't know them yet. But if he did, it's kind of like man, yeah, <laughs> somebody's no. just decided to pick up bass fishing out of a kayak because they need a new challenge, and all of a sudden. Uh, right out of the bat find success kind of breaks my heart man i mean that's back to back technically that'd be yes 2022 both championships for the year 2022 because this and is twenty twenty two championship for bass that's I'm like sorry. probably never gonna be done before that's like back to back exactly classic wins like that's gonna be impossible to beat which is again it's like you know we talked about greg de palma you know he is a bass angler unlike yes Austin, but yeah. he's the boat world but he grew up in Jersey fishing John boats and smaller, you know, vessels, you could say. But to eventually, you know, jump into a, a, his first kayak event and beat a 234 or five anglers is just that's wild. So, I mean, this is definitely a little bit more different. But those those aspects, it just like kind of makes you rethink yourself like, dang, like they just hopped right in and show. Yeah, it kind of breaks your heart when you're like somebody that picking up the sport and are just struggling to get five bass. Yeah. Uh, on your fun day, let alone on a tournament. Uh, but again, not nowhere hating on on Brian Nelly. Not a um, huge amount of respect. And if he wins, big congratulations. I and I would really do hope whoever wins wins. Obviously, that's kind of redundant. But what I meant to say is like we congratulate and we're happy for whoever won. Um, 
But yeah, man, that that's crazy. That would be the sport is new, obviously. So yeah. I don't think there's ever been a you know how many Bassmaster kayak championships have there been? Like three or four? Three, um, I think. Three or yeah, four. I don't think there's there's ever been a TOC and and a Bassmaster. He would be the first one to win both. But yeah. again, the sport is we just we're think, at like, the infancy level, of, you know. Yeah, but still. bass boat world, like like I said, back to back classics. Was yeah. there three or four guys have done it in yeah. how many years? Fifty. So like I feel like he's definitely that's gonna be a record that might be tied, but I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon. And if someone does it, that's that's wild. If someone else can do that. And as far as as the, as fast as the sport is growing you know, it's going to get harder and harder to be more consistent. Like right now you see not to take anything away from it. You know, you and minors, Guillermo Gonzalez, Christine Fisher and all that. Um, because they're at that, you know, I, my opinion, they're at that elite level uh, mm -hmm. when there's not a lot of competition for them. Doesn't mean that they're going to win every tournament, yeah. but, but you're you know, always you see, see yeah, you can always kind of, you can bank, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar. They're going to get into top 10 or at least catch a check versus yeah. myself. I may be lucky to catch a yeah. check once. I may just be lucky enough to find 10 fish on a two-day tournament that are bigger than anybody else. But, you know, we'll see when that happens, if it does. But those are, you know, they're going to get more competition. As the sports grow, as younger people, like what you're doing with the college series, that's going to bring more anglers. And anglers that I know bass fishing has grown more national, you know, when mm -hmm. I back when I was growing up, uh, you know, it used to be kind of like the good old boys club. You know, it's something really southern um, uh, sport, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Texas and all that. Um, those were the, you know, pretty much what dominated. Now you see like uh, uh, Frankie just mentioned Damien Tao from, uh, from, uh, from California. We see it on the Bassmasters. Elite, uh, I forgot his name, and I, um, oh. the guy from Japan, I forgot his name. He, oh, um, the one that just got like a top five or whatever, yeah. And uh, uh and the one from, from Hawaii Foshita. who just qualified, uh, was that? Kentura Foshita, yeah, I think, I think so. And then, and then the, the guy from Hawaii that just qualified, Matty for Wong. The, yeah, Mighty Wong. So there is, it's growing now. We see it now with a, a lot of like Northeast anglers. And when you look at the opportunity present for you and Slay Nation to do this college series, now you get these young guys that, you know, that are hungry for outdoor sports and introduce yeah. them to this where normally they wouldn't even think and about the maybe doing tough, this. Like I said, yeah. like, there's still not many high school teams up here. There's barely yeah. any. I know like, I have one near me, but it's like a region like Lehigh Valley. Like it's multiple high schools that come together to get to 10 kids. Because like I said, when I applied six, seven years ago to get the team, they look like I had three heads. So I understand all the colleges in the Northeast, you know, yeah. Virginia to Ohio and up. Like they don't realize, you know, those kids want to fish. They want to fish competitively. But realistically, the only way they can do it is driving 15 to 20 hours into the centralized yeah. part of the country to compete. And it's like, I don't want to have that. I want to keep giving back. And like the boat region that I fished when I was in college, they got rid of it this year, FLW. Um, so the only way to fish, I think they're doing one in July because a lot of the Northeast colleges were complaining. They were like, hey, like we want to compete without having to drive 15 hours. So it's unfortunate that a lot of these kids, like, you know, the schools don't fund them much, if any at all. 
So that's why I want to bring this kayak thing. Like I said, pack everyone the same vehicle, condense, bring down the cost and still compete at a high level and have a decent reward, you know, a money pit to, you know, win at the end of the day and just hang out with your college buddies. I mean, that's the big thing is, you know, you go to any tournaments. Like I used to fish co-angling a lot an ABA. That's how I learned a lot. I, I did local stuff, but then I started fishing the ABAs in the New York region and I travel with three, three buddies that were all boaters. So we'd travel, we'd get there like two days early. I'd practice with one of them and then I'd get randomly um, selected with a boater for the one day tournament. And just the whole aspect of going to a lake with your buddies, renting a house, fishing for a few days, hanging out, you know, shooting the crap type deal. Like that's just, that's just fun for everyone. So I still want to, you know, give that opportunity for these kids in the Northeast to be able to do that still. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that because listen, it may not make the headlines at Bassmaster Magazine. It may not make the headlines at Fox Sports Channel. But the connections you guys are doing with these kids, it's meaningful. Maybe somebody outside the region is not going to read up on it or know about this. But you affected the lives positively of, you know, uh, maybe a few dozen uh, young anglers or young kids in college then now have something to, to, you know, to hang their head on. Yeah. Gives them a sense of accomplishment. It gives them a sense of competitiveness without maybe um, going into, there you go. Like yeah. This was last gives year. This something. was the PA league. Like, but like we're, Frankie's designing some awesome hardware to give to these yeah. kids. Cause like, I know what it's like to fish tournaments. Like, you know, the money's cool, the big checks or whatever. Like I fished my first KBF last year. I got eighth place in Maine out of like 80, which, you know, good finish, but I got a big cardboard check and that was the most fun part. Yeah. Like they want that hardware. So we want to be able to give kids, you know, something they can hang on the wall, be proud of whether it's 25 people or reversing a hundred people. It don't matter. We just want to grow the sport and have them feel that sense of, you know, accomplishment. Yeah. And that's something like that I wanted to touch on it. Uh, it's not going to show up in the algorithms, but it more importantly is going to uh, in some way, shape or form affect a young man's or young uh, woman's uh, life in a positive way. Yeah. And, and maybe bring him into saying, Hey, you know what? Kayak fishing is, there's something out there for me to do. You know, it's something out there for me to participate, whether it's full-time or just part-time. And it keeps going the sport. You know, every sport was born out of a uh, out of the box idea. You know, yeah. you think about NBA basketball. You know, that was a guy just decided to put like a fruit basket on a on a wall and yeah. throw a ball in it and look what it is. Now, not saying that you know kayak fishing or bass fishing in general is going to get to that level, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it just has to get to a level which self sustained. And you can build a community, which already is. Yeah, and like friendships, like I was talking yeah. about. Like I don't Life want kids to feel like I don't want kids to feel like oh, you know, I don't have anyone to go travel with. Like I don't, you know, I have no one to stay with. Blah blah. But like when I was doing, you know, I travel with my buddies for the ABAs. But like those boaters, you're on their boat for one day, or you know, you hang out with a guy, and I'd get their contact number or whatever, and then they'd still talk to me for years. I still talk to a couple of them, just yeah. you know, 
you know, even if you don't have that that aspect or that group of friends, you think of like Greg Blanchard, how he does all his tournaments with his buddies there and his videos, which are awesome to watch. But like yep. at one point, he didn't have all those friends. So you get out there, you you come to a, you fish a circuit, you end up, you know, seeing the same people at your tournaments and stuff. And that's how you create friendships. And then you say, hey, let's go travel these events together, stay together, whatever you guys want to do. And then you just create a lot of a lot of cool uh, relationships in the industry. And that's how you learn to, you know, community connect with a bunch of people in the fishing industry i you know what i may never win a as much as i try i may never win a national championship <laughs> but the biggest win for me is like connections like jason campbell um jeremy mccormick uh carlos uh torres uh guillermo gonzalez christine fisher ryan lambert jeff Malott. those are people that are now considered in my friends yeah. um, some of them don't live close others i get to go fish with every now and then and share memories, you know, whether it's me hooking into a big bass or them, one of them hugging their bags and me taking the pictures, whether I'm the one taking the picture or they're taking the picture. It's just connections, man. And, and that's the biggest win. Just having that, it's just healthy environment and a healthy way to spend your free time with people that want you to succeed, that are happy when you accomplish, when you pray to your, when you're, break your personal best where they're there to help you out when you need to load your big kayak or where you flip or where you lost your rod or broke a rod. They're willing to give you their rod. So you won't stop fishing. Those things I think are way more valuable than anything. An algorithm on social media can account for a check or a trophy. Those are all things. Those are all nice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing on him, but let's not forget the, what brings us more joy to our life is just enjoying the time that we're on the water and the connections we made with great people. I mean, I've met some of my favorite people uh, and in the last few years, and it's all because all of a sudden somebody introduced me to kayak fishing and now I'm in love with it and I want to do it all the time. And if I'm not fishing, I want to do a podcast or a live show where I want to talk about it and get to meet you whenever we Wherever we've I cast, or if I go up there to upstate, uh, to the northeast to fish, or you come down here to t- south, or we meet somewhere in Tennessee, you know, it's it's like we like, hey, we I yeah. know you, you know, and yeah, just at the Hobie BOS last year in the yeah. Susky, I had guys coming up to me saying, "What's up?" That they knew me from socials, and it's like yeah. finally get to put a, a face to you know, a, you know, the screen to a face, and just you know, you you, uh, you you create a lot of great friends. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, like I mentioned, Cal Livinghouse, Armando, what kayak rig are you running? I, uh, Kyle, I am running a Hobie PA 360, the green camo, uh, no motor on it. Not, I'm not against motors. I just want to do more exercise. <laughs> I'm, I'm Kyle, if you don't know, I'm close to 50 now, so I need to do as much exercise. Not against motors by any chance, but and yeah, no, he just, neither, um, he just got a uh, motor guide on his native. Yeah, so he's, that's uh, awesome. he went to the motor side now. Yeah, no, and that's awesome, man. Don't let anybody shame you on that. Whether you have a motor or not, it's what you what you put into is what you get out. Speaking of kind of like things that we put on our kayak that people either love or hate, you just recently got into forward facing sonar. 
That I By did. the way, I finally got the correct term because I keep calling live scope <laughs> and people keep reminding me, no, that's Garmin. Oh, yeah, it's Lawrence. Okay, so the correct term, neutral term, I guess, is forward facing sonars. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I, uh, I run an old town. I'm on the old town fishing team and I run an old town pedal drive kayak, 12 foot, um, the older model, top water, 120. Great kayak. And then I had a 93 SV Garmin on my John boat before I even got the kayak. And I've had it for five, six years. It's the one they run on sale every year at Cabela's Bass Pro, whatever. Good deal. And finally I've been saving my pennies. And, you know, last year I fished uh, a bigger circuit in the Northeast elite kayak fishing. And I was finishing out of four events. I think my worst was like a 14th. So I was finishing up there in the pack, you know, everyone would be stacked, but you know, we fished like Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire, never been there before. And I'm fishing these underwater humps in like 40 foot. And, you know, you're launching with everyone as motor guides, everyone has live scope. And I'm, and I'm going there and I was catching fish. I was, I was blind casting, but then every time I'd mark two to three fish on my 2d, I'd reel up, drop down my drop shot. As soon as you lift up a bass, a keeper bass, a nice one. And I'm sitting there going, realizing like, you know, if I had a motor and live scope, the amount of time I would save. Yeah. So I finally saved up the pennies and picked up the older, the older LS32 Garmin, the original one they uh, have on sale, a pretty good sale. And I did my research and some people said it made a difference. Some people said it didn't. I was like, you know what? $700, I'm going to get the older one that's, you know, probably going to work yeah. just as fine. So I got it. I ice fished with it a handful of times, maybe two or three times. Um, Mike Iconelli, I went ice fishing with him in his one YouTube video this past year and oh, nice. caught some fish with him. And uh, so then I finally read up the kayak and I've been about, I don't know, five or 10, I'd say closer to 10 times now, but I started targeting stripers first. I wanted to, you know, it's cold here. Our water temps are still 40 degrees. So I wanted to, you know, chase those fish that are a little bit easier to target, maybe easier to see. So I went to a local lake by me. Uh, I caught a 21 pound striper on a hair jig um, using it. I caught a, my first smallmouth of the year was a 19 inch 3.7 that I, you know, I saw cruising 10 feet below the surface in 30, cast the hair jig at it, comes down, chase it to the bottom, you pop it, you watch it, react on it, eats it. It's just awesome. I went to a lake in Jersey just the other week with a buddy of mine from Jersey, and we uh, we were chasing lake trout. We were in 90 to 120 foot throwing rattle traps and blade baits, and you'd see they're like sharks. They'll come from like 20 yards yeah. away and just destroy it. And they're not giant lake trout, but still, just just trying to learn it while the fishing is, you know, um, tough for bass, you could say. So, and I'm learning that, you know, I want to learn it now, but I also know that it's not always, you know, yeah, the amount of fish you see that don't eat your bait is ridiculous. I had stripers so yeah. close to my jerk bait, you couldn't see space in between the bait and the, and the fish, but the, you know, it's not always, you know, the, the answer, like just the other night I went out for like an hour, hour and a half and, uh, Kyle was there, but he left before I caught this fish, but I ended up catching a four pound largemouth. But I never saw it. I was just cruising, about to go in, and I saw that, you know, it was a steep bank, and it was dropping to about 25. But right before it dropped, it hit about 20, and there was a little bit of a hump, and there was still grass on it from last year somehow. You know, three, four, five stalks you could see coming up a couple feet off. So I just took, you know, queen tackle jig with my rabbit baits, crawl trailer, tossed it out there. And I brought a jig, and I was like, out of six rods, the last one I thought I would throw, you know, I brought the jerk bait, the A-rig, your classic cold water temp, you know, live scoping baits. But I was like, I'm going to cast the jig and I'm just slow dragging it, popping it slow. And then all of a sudden you feel that dink and it hit it. And I'm like, 
Okay. And I reeled out, felt weight and set it. And I was like, this is a catfish or a bass and being like a four pounder. So, you know, that helped me find the cover, but I never saw the fish. So I'm trying to learn it as fast as possible to just, you know, see when it, you know, you got to know when to use it. Cause there's guys that you see you yeah. know, now four or five years now, guys will see it or get it and they'll sell it immediately. They're like, I stare at my screen too much. And yeah. I have, there's days that I've stared at my screen all day long and you're like, wow, there went eight hours. But that's why I'm trying to like fish for other fish and get, get used to it now before the tournament scene. So hopefully I don't pull one of those, you know, oh, I stared at it all day and fish for fish that aren't biting. So trying to learn, you know, the, the, like they say, the, the movement of the fish, the, their mood or whatever you want to call it, um, that you can see on the live scope is just insane. You can tell when fish are active and when they're not. So it's a really cool thing. I know it's expensive. And like I said, I got the older one that's cheaper. It's on sale. Um, it was, I think it's still on sale at Bass Pro or Cabela's, but it's definitely a tool and it's a really cool tool, but it's still not, you know, you're not going to win with it. I mean, does it help a ton? Yeah. If they're chasing bait or anything else. And that's the thing I fish Champlain, Winnipesaukee, you know, all the guys that won or if not top three, were out in a hundred feet catching smallmouth, chasing bait. And I just, you know, you can do it with side skin and 2d, but it's a lot tougher when you can't just stay on it. Cause you catch one fish and then the next thing you know, they're literally gone. Yeah. It, it, that's a good point. I remember when I started kayak fishing, I was just at an ascend uh, 12t no electronics. And I'm not going to say I was winning tournaments, but you know, the first few times, obviously it was gunk. I would catch one bass every 10 times yeah. that I would go out fishing and I would go out fishing for like eight hours. So that it was bad. Um, <laughs> but once you love something, you stick to it and until you, you know, kind of, you're saying you, you practice until you, you practice not until you can get it right until you can't get it wrong, mm -hmm. which doesn't really apply to five uh, bass fishing. But the point is, you keep practicing and practice. You don't settle. Um, you, you're always going to keep growing in bass fishing. But anyways, I'm going on a rabbit hole here. But my point was, like, I got decent at catching fish without any electronics. Get a Ray Marine Dragonfly um, electronics. And all of a sudden, it's like I forgot how to catch fish. I literally, it's like, wait a minute. Like, this was supposed to help me catch more fish. I'm catching yeah. less fish. And one that ended up happening is I was sticking too much to watching the screen instead of doing what I know was going to work. Yeah. So there is that. And again, I'm not against live scope. I personally are going to get live scope at some point. There is that. Um, there To me, it's just that mentality of like one of the things that I got into kayak fishing is because it's probably one of the few times that I'm not on my phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on my phone when I'm grabbing, when, when I want to take a selfie or, you know, and post a picture of me, uh, you know, with a, a, a lip in a big bass. Yeah. But all the other time, I'm just fishing. I'm just in contact with nature. I'm watching, I'm listening, I'm looking for signs. My biggest fear, if I get a live scope, am I now just going to do what I got into this to stop doing yeah. staring at a screen kind of thing? Like, now I'm sitting at a different, it's still a screen. I'm still yeah. hooked, you know, plugged into an electronic and I'm missing all this nature and wildlife and relaxation because I spent money. So, and again, I'm not discouraging anybody from live uh, buying LiveScope. And yeah. everybody gets into whatever they get into for different reasons. People may get into kayak fishing for a different reason that I got into kayak fishing. But it is something to, that I 
caution anybody out there that's new to the sport is like learn to love fishing first. Learn to catch yeah. fish by instinct. You're not going to have as much success as somebody who's dialed into electronics and the technology, yeah. of course, because they have an advantage. But I've always said people like, for example, one of my I use this example a lot. You are minor, which is probably in kayak bass fishing. He's probably the best at applying technology. You are minor has was born with a rod on his hand. You know, he's been he's a family from bass fishermen, him and his brother have always done bass fishing. Yeah. Electronics, forward-facing sonar, just amplify what they already know. It mm-hmm. amplified their talent. It gave them a tool to better themselves. It didn't substitute what they had. And I think that's, I think people that think that just because you're going to get live scope, all of a sudden you're going to turn into this great angler, yeah. you're misinformed. Yeah, and like you what you said, learn like, how to catch fish, and that's going to be a tool. Basically, it's like you learn how to catch fish, and now this tool helps you maximize what you already know and put in practice. Yeah, and like you said, you know, you start out loving bank fishing, whatever. I mean, a lot of my lakes, like I said, are shallow, grassy, choked out. Uh, a fish finder not even worth it. I've had that, like I said, Garmin for so many years, and. First of all, PA has a lot of super pressured lakes. And when you're not on a super pressured lake, there's no point for it because it's grass. So you look for the depth and temperature, whatever. That's pretty That's much it. what I did. But you'd mark fish, you'd cast them, you wouldn't catch them. You don't know if they're panfish, whatever. So actually last year was the first time I really learned how to use side scan and 2D and actually be effective. I went up to Lake George in upstate New York, which is an amazing fishery. Actually with Kyle and another buddy, there was supposed to be a tournament that got canceled. And it was like a couple of days before I was like, we'll still go and fun fish for three days. So we went up there and it's 25 foot visibility. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pedal around. I use side scan. You start marking bait balls. And then you see a mark below the bait ball. That's a fish. So you cast the drop shot over there and then boom, you catch it. It's a two pound largemouth. And I was like, oh, like this is the first time my electronics actually helped me catch a fish. Cause yeah. in PA, like I said, they're so pressured. You mark fish, you cast, you never get bit. It's just like that 95% of the time. So to finally actually, you know, first fall in love with fishing, fishing shallow, fishing grass, and then, you know, okay, step up to a Garmin, anything like that, and try to learn your, depending on where you're at, you know, try to learn your side scan, your 2D, you know, you slowly want to step yourself if you want to go to that direction of, oh, I want to get live scope. To jump from, I get a kayak with live scope and have no experience with fishing without a graph to fishing with a graph and the live scope, I feel like definitely hurts people. And I definitely encourage, like, like you said, starting out, loving fishing and then okay i want to fish tournaments okay i want to you know it's like okay i'd rather do that and take that over a period of three or four years than okay i want to start kayak fishing i see that twenty thousand dollar hobie at the classic last year buy it fully rigged and just go out there and not have any clue yeah i and i think the building blocks is what you enjoy most in my opinion You know, going from, like I said, going the first 10 times and not catching anything to now I catch one every five trips to now. And I'm not gloating because I'm not I'm nowhere near the, the, <laughs> the level of this elite anglers. But I can probably say I don't remember the last time I got skunk. You better, knock on, think, you better yeah. knock on wood. You better knock on wood. You're going to jinx yourself. And, and, and that's fine if I jinx myself. It's, it's kind of like it helps you. And yeah. just to, for people listening, I've mentioned this on my podcast. I purposely 
if I'm going out four times a month, two of those times, I'm going to a tough lake. Yeah. One time I'll go to a lake that I haven't gone. And the fourth time I'll go to a honey hole just to build my confidence. But I don't like hitting lakes that I know that I can catch them all the time because A, it gets boring. B, it stagnates um, your growth. So yeah. I purposely will go to like, for those that are listening that are here from uh, Fort Worth area, I'll, lo- I'll go to Lake Worth, which is tough to get a bite. I'll go to Lake um, uh, Grapevine Lake, which is close, which is very tough to get uh five fish limit. And I purposely target those lakes just so I can, first of all, grow, like figure out, yeah. like if I'm always going to like the late uh, Jason and I were, um, we're talking about, you know, uh, which stays unnamed. We go out there, not that we always, but we're pretty confident yeah. we're going to get five li- limit and it's going to be somewhere in the 80 to maybe a hundred inches that because it's that type of lake. So I mean, if you're in PA, you just struggle all the time. That's why I travel yeah. upstate New York, like PA, you know, you, you example, like, Ike, you know, he screams big fish whenever he, He's used to catching yeah. two pounders. That's PA too. Like if you catch one over two, if you catch one close to three, if not bigger, that's a big and old fish for here. Yeah. So when I go up to upstate New York or, you know, any fishery where, you know, let's say, you know, guys are like, oh, I only caught 11 fish today. And I'm like, that's a great day for me. So I, yeah. I feel like also that kind of, you know, experience makes me, you know, used to it on fisheries that are struggle fest, like Naka Mixon. Uh, local Bailey Ikebret won the uh, won the Ike Ike uh, Pro Am last year, the kayak one. Well, two years ago I won it, but l- when I won it, out of ninety anglers, I was the only one with a limit. I had a really good practice. I can't believe it held up. I had a limit by like seven a.m. and I finished with like eighty three. But I was the only one out of ninety guys with a, with a limit. Last year when Bailey went, same time of year, same lake, two guys out of ninety people had a limit, and literally he ended up catching them on a frog, which is kind of uncommon for that time of year on that lake, but he like had an awesome, absolute slammer day, but which is funny. Cause he's like a really electronic guy and he went into like two foot of water and slammed. Yeah. But um, huge shout out to Bailey. He's a good buddy, but yeah, he's a good angler as well. Yeah. He's, he's like, he knows when to use electronics and when not. Yeah. To. That's what so I just him. like that experience of having so used to struggle lakes, I feel like definitely also gives me an advantage when you go to these lakes where, you know, guys are used to, you know, go to Texas, which Texas isn't always amazing. Like you're saying, but you know, you go to a fishery and you catch five big ones. You're like, oh, that was an amazing day. And other guys are like, oh, you know, if they came up here, they would just be miserable. They'd fall apart by the end of the day yeah. in a tournament because they're so used to slamming, you know, big fish all day at their fisheries. Yeah. And one more thing about electronics before I hand out uh, the show to close it out to you. Um, we were, I went to and I, and I had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Caleb Conrad from upstate New York. He moved here to Texas. We went, and let me start by saying this. Caleb is a lot better angler than I am. We went on his boat, and I started just flipping uh, net rigs on, on, on reeds, and I was catching him. He was so obsessed, as I think is the word, or so determined to catch him on live scope because he saw them <laughs> reacting to his jerk bait. And pretty much the whole morning, he was just trying to jump. And, and I'm reeling in you know, three, four, five pounders, even a six pounder doing what I know how to do best with no electronics. Mm-hmm. At one point, like at one point he decided, okay, I'm done after like five hours. He's like, okay, I'm done with electronics. And he started 
kind of replicating what I did, but on his own style, ended up yeah. catching twice the amount of bass that I caught. Um, so it goes to show you how great of an angler, you know, how much better he is than I am. Yeah. But the point that I wanted to make is like, you can get so obsessed with like, oh, I saw this bass follow my jerkbait, but didn't hit it. And meanwhile, you get obsessed with that. And meanwhile, I'm just reeling in four or yeah. five pounders left and right. You know, and that's what I said, like just flipping a net rig on reads. Yeah. So there's, there is, it's not a guaranteed all, but anyways, yeah. I'm, we're down up to, we're up to the one hour mark and Jake, I know you're from the Northeast. You're a little bit later than I am. I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, shout out wherever you want to shout out and where can people follow you on Instagram or social media and also where can people, I know you mentioned already, but remind everybody if any young man or young woman out there that is in college and would love to get into this college series where they can reach you or get more information on this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok at Jake underscore stem underscore fishing. Um, and then slaynationtournamentfishing.com under the collegiate kayak tab. You will find all the information. Um, like I said, we're going to have a meetup and stuff. There'll be more information added on as we're getting more stuff. But most of it's on there. It is live on Tourney X. I should have mentioned that earlier. The tournament is live on Tourney X. If you search Slay Nation College Series, you'll see event number one, Smith Mountain Lake. If you've never been there, it's going to be a great time of year to fish it. They might even be on beds, dock fishing, that kind of aspect. So don't worry about live, you know, forward-facing sonar, any of that stuff. You know, you have a sit-in kayak that's 10 to 14 foot long and you want to come fish this event, feel free. Um if you want to reach out to me or you can, uh, my name and email and everything's on the website or you can hit me up on socials. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be fishing some tournaments myself this season. Um, I'm with the old town team this year. Huge shout out to old town. Awesome kayaks. Um, we've got a bunch of other sponsors. Rabbit baits is one of my title sponsors. I do work with it for them. They're dropping a brand new uh, drop shot bait tomorrow at the classic, which is pretty cool. Um, Z pro lithium, which I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of in the industry now. Um, they got some awesome batteries and um, sticks fishing, Spro, Gamagatsu, uh, Omnia fishing. Omnia fishing, I know it's huge up in the north. I think it's starting to get huge down there in Texas by you, Armando. Yep. But uh, yes, it is awesome. Um, Waterland sunglasses, pretty big company that's getting up there as well. And a uh, huge shout out to Frank Provolone, like Woo! head cheese, head cheese. Woo! He's uh, he's the man that's got this and. Uh, created slay nation and create this grassroots tournament for the whole you know 15 20 states i don't even know how many we're in now so um i just want to you know if you know any you know if you guys are listening or watching if you know any nephews any kids you know that are in college that are in the northeast you know anywhere from like virginia almost even north carolina like virginia to ohio and north you know have them check it out have them see if you know even if they just want to fish one you know you can just fish one. You can cherry pick one, test it, test out the water, see how you feel. And, um, you know, borrow someone's kayak, come out, hang out. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have, uh, like I said, meetings, ceremonies, and it's going to be a good old time. Lots of prizes to give away and just want to get these kids fishing and, you know, trying to make a little bit of money on the side as well. Definitely. Well, Jake, thank you so much. Quick question before you leave. You can only fish for one for the rest of your life, smallmouth or largemouth bass. Which one would you pick? Smallmouth. I figured you're from the Northeast. Can't hate on that. Anybody? Anybody? Well, anyways, kind of like maybe the beer is taking effect here on my speech. Anyways, uh, thank you, Jake, for.
taking the time to join us and talk about, you know, all the things we talked about. Truly enjoyed having you. I hope I have you here. Uh, huge turnout here, for, at least for my podcast. A lot of, I see that you and Frankie and everybody else there has a strong following. So thank you for everybody from that are watching and listening, whether you're from the Northeast, from Texas, wherever you're watching and listening from. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate your comments. Uh, means a lot to me and to the and to Dan Perry, my co-host for the Advanced Kayak Angler. Just a reminder, we do have two episodes a week of The Real Life, which airs on my podcast, and you can listen on every podcast streaming platform um, on Mondays. Um, and on Wednesdays, we have the Advanced Kayak Angler. That is with Dan Perry. He goes into more of a teaching uh, podcast, how-to podcast for kayak bass fishing. So check both of those episodes out. And if you do happen to listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, give us your five-star review. We do really do appreciate it. You shout out to my sponsor, also from the Northeast, Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. If you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers, please make sure you are drinking responsibly. Make sure you make it home back to your loved ones. Have a great day, everyone. Peace out. See ya. Peace.